months ago, U.S. Special Forces launched an assault, killing Ben Khalid and his terrorist organization. Six heroes who risked their lives to stop Ben Khalid from carrying out his threat to attack this country. We're blown. The whole squad. What? Ben Khalid's people found us. Welcome back to the 24 Faithful Podcast. We are definitely excited to be here. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host. We have Mark Sievercrop, Joel Wood, hey. and Bradley Adams with us. So, Bradley, uh, Bradley whole- is actually Joel, Joel, Josh. He is joining us from Oskaloosa, Ohio this week. Uh, <laughs> I have never even heard of that <laughs> place. Is, uh, well, and you're there, so that's the weird thing. It's, it's just south of Interstate 80. Um, if for those of you keeping track, it's it's just kind of southeast of Des Moines. Um, so from the from the belts of the country. Thanks, Bradley, for being here. How far from Kansas is that? <laughs> yeah, you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> you, you've moved. Uh, you've moved northeast this week. There you go. Hey, and we definitely not only are thankful that. Bradley has joined us from another remote location. Uh, we are thankful for you that have tuned in to listen to this podcast. We are definitely thankful for that. We are also thankful for whipclip.com and the TV Showtime app that has partnered with us. And so definitely thankful for what they've done. Go check out that app. And so you just go to um, you can go to 24faithful.com slash TV time show um, uh, or TV Let's see TV time TV show time. <laughs> I can talk. So 24 faithful.com slash TV show time. Um, and that will be able to get you right to that app. You can be able to download it for your pertinent device. And so be able to check that out. And so today we are covering um, episode one of 24 legacy. And so this is uh, 12 o'clock PM to one o'clock PM. And so definitely have some things here. We're going to try to avoid um, spoilers from episode two, if possible, even though they both aired back to back um, as far as uh, one on Sunday, one on Monday. And so I make no promises. Yes. And so there is an attempt (laughs) that will be made on somebody's life. And we will make sure to <laughs> make sure to be able to try to include as much as we can um, in the future. If you want your thoughts and contributions, you can definitely be able to send that in to us. Um, and so we are active on Twitter um, and we will make sure that it's easy for you to do that at the website as well. 24 faithful.com. And we will uh, be happy to be able to include that as we go through our discussion. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this interview because our interview to this episode, because there's definitely a lot of things that we have to be able to discuss. And so let's go ahead. And what was your reaction of the opening scene? Mark, I think for me, I mean, it was I watched it. I'm like, yes, this is the way to start 24. I mean, people getting assassinated or killed. I mean, people being hunted down. Like it caught me right at the beginning. Um, I think it was, I think it was good. I think it, it drug you into the story. I mean, most people had watched it, had probably seen the previews, so you knew kind of what was going on. But um, it it really got you kind of into the story, and it got you wondering what was going to happen. 
um, <laughs> as as they then moved over to Eric and Nicole. And um, you know, Joel, you mentioned we we had a little conversation back and forth about why everybody was <laughs> was located so closely if they were supposed to be um, in in uh, you know witness protection and all these things. But but nonetheless, That's such a lazy job by the government. I thought it was a, a really uh, a, a way to really jump you into 24, which is kind of what we expect. I mean, you got the clock and stuff. I mean, that's that's the way the way we expect at the start is is really to get you pulled into the story and wondering what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely, Joel. I I enjoyed the the opening scene. Um, I thought it was. It was kind of indicative on how you're supposed to start 24. Um, I thought it gave us um, it gave us kind of a, kind of a little foreshadowing of you know him having the tablet of the six rangers on there, and it kind of zoomed in on Eric Carter's face. So it kind of it was kind of a bit of foreshadowing there, but I thought that was that was kind of the way you're supposed to start 24. Um, you get right to the to the heart of the problem immediately. You know this is not like day one, you know, they had 24 episodes. So you could use the opening scene to kind of ease your way into it and things like that. But with a condensed 12 episode season, you know, it's important to just get to the meat of the problem right away. And I thought they did a good job of that. I would say also that it, it did a very good job at sort of being that traditional 24 season opener where, there's something really intense and bold and, and makes you kind of stand up and notice and doesn't necessarily explain exactly what it is until sort of 10, 15 minutes into the episode. Um, it's, it's a very good way of starting a season and building all of this intrigue and making you want to go, okay, I want to know what this is and why it's happening and where, where it goes afterwards. What about you, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with all the things that you guys said. And so they just did whatever that is, first 10 minutes up to the first uh, commercial break. I mean, you got, a, you got a lot of things really getting it all set up. And so um, so I think I think it was really good to be able to establish what was going on and what the um, uh, what was going to be coming up at least a little bit. And so obviously they can't give away everything. And so. Um, yeah, I think it was just really, really done well, uh, kind of a nod toward probably the later seasons of 24 as far as how they opened as a, as opposed to in the very pilot um, episode where they did kind of ease into it a little bit. There's a little bit of a, um, action there right at the beginning of the of the pilot, but it, it really was kind of a slower burn um, kind of getting into what everything was about. But they really jumped into it a lot more action packed um, in this. And so, but I think that was good. I think that's what people have grown to expect from the 24 franchise. And so um, even though they were restarting with the new cast, they were able to jump right into that. And so um, one thing too, uh, that we failed to mention before is um, not only is Bradley a, a worldwide traveler um, coming Oscar, to us for different Oscar locations. Lusa. Yep. Yep. Uh, but he is also a regular contributor on spoilertv.com. And so, um, so he has some extra privileges well, that the, the rest of us little minions don't get the, get the have. And so, 
us little people. So, so, so Joel, our, our job for the rest of this podcast is now to use any means necessary to extract information from him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where the bomb is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so actually, if you go, uh, if you go there, you can be able to check out um, some of uh, Bradley's reviews and previews, um, and so that could be uh, some additional good insight as well if you want to add to your um, twenty-four intake. But anyway, and so, um, and then of course, early on, they they not only kind of got the action part to try to draw in the. Uh, the old people that try to or the old people, the, uh, <laughs> the people that follow the original series uh, mm-hmm. to bring them back in. But they did a nod to uh, probably one of our favorite characters, um, Edgar Styles. And so yes. his cousin is now working there. And so and she's she's already uh, been able to kind of prove herself. Um, and, and even though they they're portraying and they're they're bringing out the fact that she hasn't had much schooling much um, formal education, but she's got some skills that she learned from Edgar. That was awesome. I think that was one of my favorite things. Cause you know, last time uh, we were on, you know, Joel, you missed us, but we, that's one of the things I've mentioned. I was like, man, I want some nods to the old series, some things that nobody else would get. If you haven't watched the series before you wouldn't get it. And then it's like, what? 10 minutes in. She's like, yeah, my cousin was Edgar Styles. I'm like, yes, there it is. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> I thought it was cool. And she and she was just like and she's just like Edgar in just about every way too. Yep, yep, <laughs> very much so. So I thought that was cool, and I, I think we'll expect to see some more of that. I think we'll we'll you know they'll weave some of that in and out, um, which is cool. I think it's neat, and I think it it shows that they they're loyal to the people who have been following them for fifteen years, um, sixteen years, whatever it's been, um, and they're they're mm-hmm. willing to to throw us a little bit every once in a while to say, hey, there's a connection. Maybe maybe we can. Maybe we can track down George Mason's son somewhere and see if he needs a job. Yes. I like it. I like it. Oh, probably still in that ice cream truck somewhere. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, so, so that was a really cool nod. Uh, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we get a little bit more of that um, to be able to kind of get some connections back. And then, uh, um, Let's see. So, so we get the phone call that um, Ben Grimes makes to Eric. And so Eric, he's just coming back and think it's going to be just a normal afternoon, which which I actually think is kind of unique because they're kind of playing some of the things that are going on in this episode as if it's like early morning. But I mean, they're it's like halfway through the day. Um, so, I mean, she's just getting ready for work um, and all that kind of stuff. And um, a little bit later on, that makes them mentions to make it seems like it's earlier in the day but it's really kind of midday but anyway um so so he gets home from wherever it is that he was at um which they never really kind of set up like what his identity is in as far as uh his his whatever his uh protection name and all that kind of stuff so they they got him um coming home and meeting his wife he gets a phone call after they have a the a uh, little bit of a uh, interaction and so the whole baby discussion and all that kind of stuff and so um I, I think that was really cool to be able to really get a lot of stuff condensed to give us some information about who he is who she is where they're at and the setup for the rest of the plot 
I thought it was very throwback to uh, day one, too. I mean, to have kind of the, the marital strife, it's a little bit different. But, you know, you had immediately, you had Eric and Nicole, you know, disagreeing about whether uh, to have kids or not. And then you had the disagreements about whether to bring her back to the hood, which Joel, again, you know, he's living <laughs> the next neighborhood over from his family. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, it, it adds that. And this is the worst witness protection ever. <laughs> but it adds that it adds that human element to it and i think that that's important and we talked to you know we talked about that last time too that it's important to have that human element of these you know we can't understand and we can't you know well i don't know what joel does in his off time but we can't understand the whole like, thwarting thwarting you know terrorist attacks all the time but we can understand you know disagreements with family members and you know worrying about somebody and those types of things and i think that really kind of ties you to the character right in the beginning is that, you know, the conversation of, you know, are we ready to have kids? Are we not ready to have kids? You know, are you, are you doing okay after getting back from, you know, your military service? You know, do you really, do I really have to stay with my, you know, ex-boyfriend <laughs> whose, whose <laughs> girlfriend doesn't like me, obviously, you know, and you, so you have those things that, that make a little more sense to the, the everyday viewer and really ties us into, to what's going on. And even though they don't take up a whole lot of time in this episode, given everything else that's going on, it is very important that you establish this because otherwise Eric just becomes this sort of empty vessel for which we watch these people try and stop a terrorist attack. And that's not really fun for anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, I've had, you know, family problems with brothers and stuff like that, but the way the, the, the problems that, that the Carters have, takes it to a whole nother level. <laughs> I've, ne I've never, I've never, I've never stolen, you know, my brother's girlfriend or had anybody, had any of my brother steal my girlfriend from me and then marry them. Yeah. <laughs> so That's a whole nother level of, of, of family problems. Yeah. I Oh, that's in season two or episode two. We won't talk about that. Never mind. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> he almost went. He almost went. I almost got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that, that was a uh, very serious. Of course, then Eric turns around, makes a call to uh, Rebecca to, to let her know, Hey, we've been blown. Uh, we're compromised. We need to get this, uh, get something done, get something figured out. And so she gets pulled into going back to CTU or oh, actually she was already back at CTU, but she gets pulled into having to, do some covert things at CTU behind the back of the guy that she just appointed. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so anyway, that, that was a lot of um, interesting, um, interesting things that went on um, there. But I think most of that kind of took place in uh, the second episode. Um, and so, and so anyway, so she mobilizes into um, kind of this almost Jack Barris, Jack Bauer-esque kind of mode <laughs> Of hey, we need to keep this under wraps and uh, do what we have to do to be able to get this taken care of. And so, um, went to her version of Chloe um, and say, "Here, help me be able to tap into this stuff and be able to figure out what's going on." And so, I, I thought that was kind of uh, an interesting kind of flip. I mean, we've got to have that that analyst um, mm -hmm. or yeah, to be able to take Chloe's spot. So we got Edgar's replacement. We got Chloe's replacement. And so we're just kind of going through the, the list there. Well, and I think, um, you know, does anybody else just absolutely love Rebecca Ingram so far? Like, 
I, I, I love her. She's mm-hmm. awesome. It's like, wow, we're like, you know, 15 minutes in and here we already have her having an analyst go behind somebody's back to do something that's important, but nobody will understand. And then when she, tases, <laughs> when she tases him, I'm like, yes. You know, when they, when they, you know, they, I got my, I love the video. I love how they like, like she looks at him and he's getting ready to shut her down. And she like looks over and they show like the close up of the taser in the bag. And I'm like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then she does it. And I'm like, yes, Jack would be, Jack would be proud. Somewhere, somewhere, Jack is smiling. I got my own <laughs> views of, of, of Rebecca Ingram, but some of that's involved talking. So I'll hold off on it. Talking about of Rebecca Ingram. I don't know. I think she's awesome right. so far. It's interesting as well because, like, <clears throat> I think we we kind of discussed about how can you replace Jack Bauer? And I feel like the answer to that is always going to be no. And you've almost replaced him with two characters who are doing sort of both Jack Bauer's things, but not Mm -hmm. at the same time trying to be Jack Bauer. You've got Eric being the army ranger going out and actually getting involved and, and having his life on the line and desperately trying to stop this attack. And you've got Ingram who's doing the sort of stuff that Jack was doing you know the the mason comparison is obviously there from uh, the pilot um and doing these things and you get in these two characters a sort of mashup um and it's very interesting as well that then they chose to have in the opening titles have um cory hawkins read the following mm-hmm. takes place between mm-hmm. and miranda otto to read the events occur in real time because where jack bow was or Kiefer sutherland was the lead of 24 Right. These two are the two leads of Legacy, and, and they kind of share that role. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. Big, yeah, I thought about that. That's that's true. And I think, you know, one of the things, like, you know, we talked about, yeah, you can't replace Jack, but I saw a lot on Twitter, and, and I kept going back to it, where something would happen, you're like, you know, like you said, Josh, it's like, wow, that's very Jack Bauer-esque. So Jack isn't in it, but he is. You know, it's like, Everything's kind of everything's held up to the standard of is that something Jack would do? Would Jack not do that? Oh, do what Jack would do, you know. And it's like so. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's he's such a, a a polarizing character, and and we followed him for so long that even if he's not ever in the show again, he's still in the show. I mean, he it's still like it's still like yep, Jack would have done that, or oh man, Jack would have been proud, or dang it, Jack never would have trusted the terrorists when you when they promise you to do something, you know. It's like. <laughs> He's, he's there, you know, Jack's there regardless of whether he's there or not. And I think that's a really neat aspect of, of this, uh, you know, the new, the new season is the fact that he's, he's still there, even if it's just in what would Jack do mode. Yeah, definitely. And <clears throat> I think with that, I mean, cause uh, leading up to this, uh, you got everybody that's saying uh, no Jack, no 24. And uh, that, that basically you said you can't have 24 without Jack. Um, I think that's one of the struggles that they are having is trying to be able to set that up, letting people know that, yes, we can have 24 without Jack, um, Mm -hmm. at least without him physically being there. Um, And we don't have to have that particular character in one character like like, like we've seen to kind of split it up. But um, because I think the qualities that Jack has are needed for this type of show but they don't necessarily have to be in one person. We can have it to where um, there's um, like, like Eric, he, he, he made mention there of the fact that he can't 
Um, he can't trust anybody else. That's why he has to be the one to do this because he can't trust anyone else. And so a great Jack line. And so maybe this is all kind of setting up, realizing, okay, um, well, first of all, Jack kind of went through that whole thing too, but for him to realize, okay, to be able to get the things done that need to get done, I have to be able to trust some people and to be able to work together as a team to be able to do that. And so I think they're kind of setting, setting that type of thing up as, as they're getting these first couple episodes. And so, um, and so kind of as we go further along, we have the um, Ben Khalid's men um, find Eric and his wife. Uh, and Eric um, goes into, um, I don't know, G.I. Joe mode and gets his <laughs> gets his wife upstairs and says, whatever you do, whatever you hear, don't come down. Um, and of course, she doesn't listen. And so, and so again, <laughs> thank goodness. Well, Thank yes, goodness. yes, exactly. She said she saved his life. And so um, and and at first, as I was watching that, um, not not really knowing her background a whole lot yet, um, I, I'm like, I'm like, man, she's got some skills. Um, but then come to find out the the life that she had been living um, prior to being with Eric, I mean, getting involved in the whole drug lord scheme and the gangster lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. I mean, she had to learn a lot of stuff to be able to do that. And that's helped her to be able to be able to adapt into this lifestyle now that she's been thrust into um, with the, these people are coming in to attack. And so she distracts them, gets down and is able to uh, handle herself with a gun. And so she's not as calm as Eric, but um, I think she does really well in this situation. Yeah, when she had, when, you know, when she when she threw the mirror out the window, I was like, all right. This is awesome. You know, it's like <laughs> you have this this moment where it's like, you know, he just says, you know, he kind of has that that moment where he doesn't necessarily say this, but it's kind of that do what you're told kind of a thing, which is kind of confusing to me because I know, you know, I know several police officers and it seems like every single one of them with their family, they have a word or they have a phrase that it's like, when I say this, there's no more discussion. Like this is serious. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and he's like, yeah, my family has a word. And it's like, if I say that word, everybody listens. Like, I'm not joking around. This is serious. We need to deal with it. And I'm kind of surprised he didn't have that where it was just like, you know, because she kept arguing the whole way. It's like, what's going on? What's going on? What, what's happening? And he's just like, no, you need to get up there. Like, and, and she did it. I mean, she didn't argue really, but you know, it, it was interesting to see, you know, him kind of almost like immediately switch to army ranger mode. Like, it's like we have Eric who, you know, escorts people to the airport. And then we have Eric who, you know, served in in the military and you know went in the complete combat mode immediately um and it was kind of cool it was neat to to see that dynamic of you know her being thrust into this world that he was so used to being a part of you know as, as an army ranger he was used to that it's life or death we do it now we don't complain we just deal with it and she was kind of thrust into that immediately and and had to adapt and i thought she did really well i thought it was it was interesting to see um, you know, she didn't, she didn't hang out very long up there just wondering what would happen, you know, regardless of what he said, she was going to help out and, um, you know, do her part. So I thought it was cool. Mm. They kind they kind of exchanged this look like when Eric sent, when Eric sent that distress code to all of his armor ranger buddies and he was waiting mm -hmm. for them to respond. And she was like, well, maybe they're not by their phones. And he just gave her this look and he said, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 
all of them are by their phones. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and then and then that's when he saw that's when he saw Khalid's man coming up the coming up the walkway. And you could just see that look on his face, like you can tell when the light bulb went off. And that's when that's when he knew that he was gonna that the, the suit and tie Eric was not gonna be <laughs> was gonna have to be thrown out the window here. And he was gonna have to put that uniform back on. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think she probably knew that, but at the same time, she wanted to know what was going on. But mm-hmm. in certain situations, like in certain situations like that, you just have to trust me. No matter what, no matter what happens, you stay there. <laughs> so, and of course, mm-hmm. she didn't listen. But I thought, I thought it was kind of clever her throwing the mirror out the window because she knew that that would draw them outside, right? And she would be able to, and she would be able to get downstairs. So that shows that. You know, she's not she's not just a, a pretty face that she actually, you know, has some brains and thinking, too. So it's not like, you know, I go back to day one, you know, Terry was, you know, as about as dumb as a box of rocks, you know, just <laughs> I mean, just to be just to be honest about it. She, <laughs> she, tell, she tell was me about as clueless it, as a wife could be. <laughs> she, she, was about, she was about as clueless as any woman could possibly be. OK. And and Eric's wife is like a complete three hundred and sixty degree difference from from Terry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I think too. I mean, you see the <clears throat> the interactions a little bit later in the episode when when Nicole's talking to Isaac, Eric's brother, um, and and just her, you know, talking about you know he's he wants to be there, you know he he wanted he wants to be fighting, and that's her whole concern. She she thinks he's just doing it because you know he's. You know, he, he loves the adrenaline rush or whatever it is. And I think that's a, a really, I, I love the fact that, you know, we talked about this in the last episode that 24 has done so good at, at pulling in, um, you know, all these different issues that are happening at the time. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of stories about, you know, I'm just thinking like, uh, you know, um, American sniper, you know, and those types of stories where, where families are dealing with this, they're dealing with the fact that, you know, some of these guys, that's what they know, that's what they want to do. And so you have that 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 view of it where she she kind of understands but it concerns her a little bit that it's changed her somehow or it's changed him somehow and he's trying to deal with all this all the change of not being in combat anymore not being an army ranger and um i i just love how they do that how they tie in those things and i think it really kind of gives you another layer of um you know her concern for him but also the things that maybe he's dealing with and i i don't know if we're gonna see more of that as we continue on but just just note, realizing that his character is affected by the fact that, you know, not only did he do this raid on, on Ben Khalid, but, you know, probably several others. And, and, you know, it does change him and it does change the way he responds to things and how he acts and, and, you know, even his sense of duty as we see, as it continues on with, with his, uh, with, with, um, what's his name? Was it Ben Grimes? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and, and just how he responds to that and right. this, this feeling that he has to, to kind of take care of him and, you know, help him out in any ways that he can. So I really love that, I guess, those layers of, of his character that they, they pull into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, and, and we're going to get into the uh, to kind of like the end of our time for being able to discuss this first episode, um, which um which if you have any thoughts as uh, you as a listener, if you have any thoughts to add to this, definitely let us know. Um, again, we want to be able to incorporate that into the conversation as well. But then uh, but then come back and you can hear our thoughts on episode two 
um, which we may be kind of skipping over some of the episode one stuff so that we can try to avoid spoiling some stuff. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, spoil, spoiling, spoiling, spoiling. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, so definitely, so definitely stay tuned and listen to episode number two as well. And so, um, and so we're just, we're just going to wrap it up with just kind of a couple other final thoughts of other things that we can think of from episode one that we think uh, can be mentioned or just kind of as the how the series is going as a whole so far and and, and go from there. And so I know for me, um, one thing regarding um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Keith Mullins, um, the new CTU director. Um, he's played by Teddy Sears. Um, I, I, I don't know how if everybody else is, but usually when I see an actor and I know that they're from something else, mm-hmm. uh, that other character a lot of times is stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> and so Teddy Sears played um, played a character on The Flash um, in season two, and um, and the character was a uh, Hunter Zolomon, and he was a serial killer speedster bent on destroying all of the known worlds um and so you, so, you think he's dirty is that what you're telling <laughs> me? it's very easy for me to be able to see that and so and so i see him um getting attacked and tied up and all that kind of stuff and i'm just waiting for him to just do his speedster thing and get out of there <laughs> oh so, i don't know it's just one of those things in my head at least right. and so we'll see maybe he's a perfectly good guy in this one um and i'll just have to kind of change my image of the face <laughs> every, every, everybody everybody thought teddy Sears was a good guy at the beginning of season two of the flash too and yeah then by the end of it we realized he wasn't such a good guy after all he just has that teddy, teddy Sears just has that face that just makes you think he's a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> like he, he just he just he just looks like you know somebody that would be dirty his face just his mannerisms, his facial expressions, it just looks like somebody that would just stab you in the back at a moment's notice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, let's not forget that Miranda, Miranda Otto played a potentially, um, or started off as a benign character on Homeland in season five and was the traitor by the end of it. So there's another option there. Hmm. Well, that, 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 again, I must save my Rebecca Ingram thoughts for when we talk about season uh, episode two. <laughs> all right any other final thoughts the uh the the big big pipe at the end um what (laughs) that's that's a that's a creative way to to get rid of your enemies i guess yep come on don't you have some of those over there in oscaloosa (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no one no one shoots the wires and drops them on people (laughs) Eric Carter, Jack Bauer would have. I haven't seen any extra large pipes hanging above here here in Georgia, so I don't know, you know, how that how that would feel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and and this is going to be my final thought. Uh, In that scene, I mean, come on, Eric. If you have highly sensitive information, you don't just leave it sitting in your phone. I mean, come on, it's a flash drive. Throw it in your pocket. Seriously. (laughs) There. I mean. You're kidding me. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Bauer, Jack, Jack Bauer would probably would have probably put it in his mouth and, and ate it. Surgically <laughs> 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 put it in his arm or something, yeah. 
Yeah, he would. He would. He would have. He would have probably pierced his stomach open and then just put it inside and then sewn it back up. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that when he comes back. I'm like, it's not going to be there. You know, it's not going to be there. Like you just give it away. Killing oh. Overall, good though. I think. Uh, I think it was a really good. Um, I think it was a really good premiere. I think it. I think it drew in not only those of us who have been watching a long time, but I think it also drew in new people. And I know that's one of the things that the producers and the writers said was, "You don't have to have watched Twenty Four to get into this." And I think they did a good job of that. I think there was enough throwbacks to previous Twenty Four that people might say, "I want to go watch that now," which I'm sure is what they were thinking. You know, let's drive DVD sales. Let's you know, let's drive iTunes sales. Um, but, but I think it ties it together well. And I think it, it will, it will bring even more people into the, the, the family of 24 and going back and watching from day one, um, and learning who Jack Bauer is and learning who Edgar Stiles is and, and getting to know these characters, which I think is really neat. I think they did a good job of it. Absolutely. All right. Come back next time for, uh, season two, as we discuss that, um, and definitely look forward to that again. Our website is 24faithful.com. You can be able to reach us there. You can find us on Twitter, and we'll make sure to have links to each of our accounts there so you can be able to stalk us or, I mean, interact with us there, and we would definitely appreciate that. You can stalk Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. <laughs> but, but if you talk to Joel, just don't mention the Super Bowl. So. Smart. You started it, dude. You started it. I kept my mouth shut like three times during this entire episode. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate that. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still losing sleep over that. Thank you. You're very welcome.